Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head to head. This week's topic of debate is a KFM challenge to determine the best original song in a major motion picture. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Today, we are joined by two very special guests, YouTuber and electronic lo-fi music producer, Andrew Chope, and the ever-talented bass player from Fifth House, Julia Crow. Be sure to check the links in the description for both of their YouTube channels and music. Come on, you're gonna have a snake avatar and you're not gonna know about AI? <laughs> uh, yeah, fake fan. We're here, we're back again. It's Duel of the Takes. This time, our top 30 uh, original songs from movies, and we're joined by not one, but two special musical guests. The bass player of the Fifth House band, one of my uh, longtime friends from middle school, Miss Julia Crow. And we also have my good friend, Andrew Chope, who I've collabor collaborated with a couple different times on this channel. Uh, you may know him as uh, Zissero, or you might know him as Maya Bellum. He's a music artist, a YouTuber, Mr. Andrew. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to hit shuffle in the first three songs. Each person has to rank those three songs, either Kill, Fuck, or Marry. And then at the end, we will be making a list from best to worst. Alden, your first song is Mrs. Robinson from The Graduate by Simon and Garfunkel. All right. You better not kill it. <laughs> I'm, so far, I'm not. <laughs> when She Loved Me by Sarah McLaughlin from Toy Story 2. Don't hurt me. Ooh. Uh-oh. And your third song, Alden, is City of Stars from La La Land with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Ooh. Damn, three good songs. All right. Alden, have you seen La La Land? No, I have not. Okay, I guess you have to kill City of Stars then. I'll go with that. Yeah, I guess based on that, that's that's fair. I guess I'll marry Toy Story 2. All right, so you're marrying When She Loved Me by Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah, I gotta make up for the Pixar list, I guess. <laughs> How appropriate that you're gonna fuck Mrs. Robinson. I was about to say, I would, I would have intercourse with Mrs. Robinson, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so where are you putting uh, Mrs. Robinson, Alden, one more time? Fornicate Mrs. Robinson. Fornicating <laughs> Mrs. Robinson, all right. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Speaking of seduction, you're up, Josh. Oh, no. Your first song is Hero by Chad Kroger and Josie Scott from, what is that, Spider-Man 2? Yeah, Spider-Man 1 or 2, I think. <laughs> That's the Nickelback guy, if anyone else is wondering. Ew. Oh my god. <laughs> he had a solo career, apparently. Is he still married to Avril Lavigne? No, they got divorced. Oh. Your second song is I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Damn, this is the wrong portion. Oh shit. <laughs> writing all this down too so we can have it organized i've got charts he's got charts all of these songs are on the chart i guess you could say i don't want to miss a thing <laughs> but uh, um and your third song is sucker for pain with khalifa imagine dragons and ex ambassadors logic and ty dollar sign from suicide squad jesus christ <sighs> i'm killing sucker for pain Guess I'm gonna have sex with Hero, and then I'm gonna marry Don't Wanna Miss a Thing. <laughs> I will give Don't Wanna Miss a Thing a lot of credit, though. We were talking about how we th both thought that movie, or that song came out in, like, the 80s. Yeah, it really is an 80s power ballad in the middle of a 1999 movie. What's that song from? <laughs> it's from uh, Armageddon. Oh. Oh, what? Yeah. Because <laughs> Liv Tyler's in it. So. That's almost as wild as Kiss from a Rose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, you're up. Okay. Your first song is Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins from Top Gun. Ooh. <laughs> Your next song is Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. Ooh. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Speaking of Nine to Five. Third song is A View to Kill by Duran Duran. Ooh. You've got three bangers. <laughs> I'd say two, but <laughs> I'm going to kill nine to five immediately. Damn. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Sorry. Nah, same. <laughs> wow. I'll marry Danger Zone. It's an absolute banger. I'll have Coitus with A View to Kill. That's another banger. I didn't even know it was in that, in that movie. 
Julia, you're up next. Oh boy. Your first song is another Pixar classic, If I Didn't Have You by Billy Crystal and John Goodman. Wait, why don't I know this one? It's the end credit song of Monsters, Inc. Oh, sorry. I tried to cram a lot in my head. <laughs> That's okay. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Your next song is Will You Be There, the theme of Free Willy by Michael Jackson. Oh, my God. <laughs> there it is. Mm. All right. And your third and final song is Men in Black, the theme from Men in Black. Ugh. You know, you've just got such a rich taste for music, and you've got three... Great songs. Oh, you're gonna hate me. Oh, I'm kidding. I, I, I think you have the worst selection so far. <laughs> oh, thank God. I was like, if you trust my taste, um, don't hate me. <laughs> I'm starting with kill, but I don't know which one to kill. Preferably all of them. You know what? We're gonna kill. Will you be there? All right. Good. Good call. Okay. Okay. It's like my fortieth favorite Michael Jackson song. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Men in Black. <laughs> And Mary, if I didn't have you. Good call. Yep. yep. Even though I don't really remember how if I didn't have you goes, I just, I was biased on that for sure. Uh, <laughs> if it was in a Pixar movie, I'm probably going to trust it. That's fair. That's pretty good. It's a good thing Remember Me is not on this list because that's what the Academy did. <laughs> All right. My first song is Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. My second song is going to be Fight the Power by Public Enemy from Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, which is incredibly relevant this week. Oh, shit. Oof. Yeah. Big oof. Oh, man. My third song is Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. <laughs> oh, my God. Colors of the Wind. I'm going to have to fuck that song. You, you fucked Avatar? I, I think Pocahontas has some of the most slept on music. Gonna marry Fight the Power. I think it, it, the way it's incorporated in the movie itself of Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing is incredibly impactful. And then for the kill, I guess I have to kill Eye of the Tiger. I prefer the original Rocky theme, and I think the third Rocky theme, Eye of the Tiger, is just not as good. In middle school, our gym teacher made us listen to that song every week for warm-ups. God. Mine was always, during the Fitness Grand Pacer test, was ACDC's Thunderstruck. If you just play it on loop. <laughs> no! <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Which was way worse. <laughs> and, okay, gym teachers and um, driver's ed teachers, they like the dank side of classic rock. All right, to be fair, in my school, they were one and the same. <laughs> your gym teacher was your driver's ed instructor? <laughs> yes, that's how it goes. <laughs> It, was not, it wasn't like all of them, but most of the driver's ed instructors were also PE teachers. I can't imagine Coach Mo trying to teach me how to drive a car. I had to go to New Albany to learn, so it was like that there too. My gym teacher ran, also ran the school theater. <laughs> what? Uh, mine was an English teacher like normal. Did you go to the school in Ladybird? <laughs> oh shit, I didn't even put that together. The songs, rather, that we've killed have been City of Stars, Sucker for Pain, 9 to 5, Will You Be There, and Eye of the Tiger. The songs that we have fucked are Mrs. Robinson, Hero, A View to a Kill, Men in Black, and Colors of the Wind. And the songs that we've married are When She Loved Me, Don't Want to Miss a Thing, Danger Zone, If I Didn't Have You, and Fight the Power. Round two, Alden, your first song is Learn the Hard Way from Daredevil by Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right, your second song is Ordinary by Train from Spider-Man 2. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. Your third song is Accidentally in Love by The Counting Crows. Oh, there it is. I'm marrying that one. It's a good call. Jesus Christ. All right. Let's kill Nickelback. I was about to say, just pick the better movie at that point. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to. Kill, learn the hard way, which means you are fucking ordinary by train. I guess so. <laughs> Josh, you're up again. First song, The Heat Is On from Beverly Hills Cop by Glenn Frey. <laughs> no. Choose wisely here. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I was like, oh no, this is a Nate pick. <laughs> Your next song is Miss Misery by Elliot Smith from Goodwill Hunting. Interesting. All right, I love that movie. We've already hated on the song or on the movie that this song comes from last week on the show is Over the Rainbow by Judy Garland. Wait, when did we when did we hate on it? We freaking took Who Framed Roger Rabbit over Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, by that case, Wizard of Oz is a classic, and because of what happened last week, I'm gonna marry over the rainbow. Which song was it from Beverly Hills Cop? You put in three. I, know, I put in three. I'm sorry. The Heat Is On by Glenn Frey. It's the opening of the movie. Yeah, I'll have intercourse with that. <laughs> Then I guess I'm eating Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> All right, Andrew, round two. Your first song is Flashdance, What a Feeling by Irene Cara. Oh, that's a good one. Your next song is My Heart Will Go On, the love theme from Titanic by Celine Dion. Oh, no. <laughs> the Penny Whistle solo from My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> oh, no. Is You'll Be In My Heart by Phil Collins and Glenn Close from Tarzan. Two songs with the word heart in the title. I haven't even seen this movie. You've never seen Tarzan? No. Did you have a childhood? I haven't finished Titanic, and I haven't seen Flashdance. So which song do you like? Um, definitely Kill My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> I, I can't do it. <laughs> have intercourse with Flashdance, and then Mary will be in my heart. Julia, you're up. Hey. Zippity Doodah from Song of the South. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did I know I was going to get that one? <laughs> your, your next song, Superfly, by Curtis Mayfield. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Your third song is The Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News from Back to the Future. Yeah, I made it. All right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. We gotta kill Zippity Doodah. <laughs> I'm killing it. Yeah, well, fuck Superfly. Yeah, good call. So we're marrying Power of Love. I don't regret that. I don't know why I thought about that for a second. I just really liked the groove in Superfly, but as a song, I don't know. I'm up. Uh, when You Believe with Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. I'm not even sure what movie that's from. Does anyone know? No. 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 Why would they put Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey together? You know, I kind of thought the same. Oh, it's from Prince of Egypt, the movie that's supposed to win our DreamWorks bracket. Oh, yeah, that was a that was a Gianna. It pick. sure was. Shout out to my pal. <laughs> my next one is Land of a Million Drums by uh, Outkast from the Scooby Doo soundtrack. <laughs> it made it. All right, and then the third song is I've Had the Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing. I'm going to kill When You Believe. That's not a memorable thing to me when I think of Prince of Egypt. I'm sure the Mariah Carey stands are going to come for me. Oh, dang. <laughs> oh, no. We have so many Mariah Carey stands. Subscribe to your channel. They stand a, a lip-syncing queen. Oof. We're going to see, like, we're going to see, like, Nicholas Alexander comment. Hey, wait a minute. Andrew Birkin comments, how dare you put what you believe in the bottom 15. <laughs> we got Land of a Million Drums, the time of my life. I I'm going to fuck Land of a Million Drums. I it is a good song, but the re-listenability is not as good as the time of my life, in my opinion. My uh, Last year, my family stayed at the hotel where that movie was shot, Dirty Dancing. Where is that? It's somewhere in uh, Virginia, I believe. Oh, nice. What if every state was named like West Virginia? Dude, I saw that image and it's hilarious. <laughs> what do you mean? Washington was like West, West, North, Northwest Virginia or something like that. Oh. <laughs> I think Alaska was just Big Virginia. <laughs> what was Hawaii? Hawaii was Island Virginia. We're taking a break from talking about our uh, favorite Virginias. Uh, original songs. And our favorite Virginias. And we're now talking to Andrew Chope or Maya Bellum about, uh, you know, how we got into making music. My first question for you, Andrew, would be, when was your first song made? I know you've put out music under many different names, uh, but when did you first start? Probably late 2014. I was about to say, because you've been making music since I've known you. And that was, I think I met you in 2015 or 2016. Just 15. I, I used... Garage, uh, garage band on the iPad. I still use it to this day. And then um, who would be your biggest inspirations you think like musically? Is there any specific artists that you like look up to or, or you know, go to for for like a musical vibe when making a new new project? Well, as you know, back in the day, it was Al City. Then I got bullied so much that I stopped listening to Al City. I came back and all I heard was I, I stopped listening to Al City because I Bullied. Sorry if I ever bullied you back in the day. I actually really like Hello Seattle. The banger. Um, but nowadays, I don't know. I uh, listen to everything but country. Maybe Kanye. I'll just say Kanye. That's that's a good choice. Good morning, Kanye. And last summer, about this time last year, your uh, your first album 
I, I want to call it that, uh, close to you came out. What? Oh, yeah, I deleted that. <laughs> I still have the CD in my car and listen to it all the time. Really? What's your next musical endeavor, man? Um, I'm working on now my last album, uh, my last lo-fi project. Almost done. Hopefully by, like, end of August. Your YouTube channel, you, you post content every day. How, how hard is that to juggle other creative ventures like making music and uploading every day? Because I'm stressing out uploading twice a week and working a full week this week. I got stressed out today because I didn't upload anything today. Um, I, I barely do music. I only just started music again like a week ago. I haven't, it's been YouTube 24-7. I like doing both, but I think one more album and then I've, I've accomplished everything I'd like to. YouTube's full, full time now, pretty much. I just wanted to say that Nate did show me your YouTube stuff and I think you're really funny and uh, it's cool that you post every day. I enjoy the content. Thank you. It's a lot. Let's get back to the music. Let's start ranking these songs. We've got, let's start at the bottom of this list. We've got all the songs that we've killed. City of Stars, Sucker for Pain, 9 to 5, Will You Be There, Eye of the Tiger, Learn the Hard Way, Miss Misery, My Heart Will Go On, Zippity Doodah, and When You Believe. Anyone have a uh, least favorite song that is <laughs> down here at the bottom? I, I guess Zippity Doodah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst song here. I think My Heart Will Go On is pretty bad. Yeah, I'm probably going to agree with that. What about just straight up forgettable songs like Will You Be There or Learn the Hard Way? Oh wait, Nickelback's here. Oh, Will You Be There was just annoying. Nickelback is here. <laughs> disrespect Nickelback. I'm disrespecting Nickelback. Do you have a defense for Nickelback, Andrew? Because I really want to hear it if you do. No, I just want to give them some love. No one else will. What if I told you that I have a defense for Nickelback? Oh, I, I would like to hear it. In the post-grunge rock scene, the fact that Nickelback was able to be as successful as they were blows my mind. They don't have any... Chad Kroger as a, as a lyricist and as a lead vocalist has no talent. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they were making chart-topping songs after chart-topping songs is just a testament to how good the rock genre works. Oh, please don't say rock genre. <laughs> They're better rock musicians than Imagine Dragons and the X Ambassadors. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even get me started on rock music because that's like, that's my territory. So I'm going to be like, Sweeping them all out of there like, no, no, no. <laughs> I think Nickelback has suffered the sins for long enough. They have, yeah. I would rather put Liberty Do Not at the bottom if we're going to bully Nickelback like that. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm with you there, because if you're going to call anything rock, I guess we can say it's them. <laughs> I think, I think Zippity Do Not is a fine movie to put at the bottom. <laughs> Zippity Do Not is a movie now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said movie. <laughs> We've done probably more than 10 episodes now of movies. Yeah, this is our first venture into song. Next week, we've got games. Why are we trying to be a pop culture podcast? <laughs> Let's see. My Heart Will Go On. We've been talking about putting that one pretty low. <laughs> yeah. Outside of the meme, I don't know if there's anything really great about My Heart Will Go On. I literally took notes on why I didn't like it. Well, what are your notes? So, it's obviously very dramatic and weepy. They just went like, bam, how can we default to some dramatic weepy shit? Um, I also said that if I had to listen to it with headphones, I would actually barf. I don't want it that close to my ears. It's like that first melody in the beginning before the chorus is so drab. It's just... Like, um, why is the song so long? For real. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> it's one of those songs that sounds like it should be played on Mr. Krabs, like, world's smallest violin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, and her voice is so wobbly. Yeah. Celine Dion's got the most vibrato-y vibrato in the entire industry. It's so vibrato it sounds like a mistake. <laughs> it sounds like there's a whammy bar in her vocal cords. <laughs> <laughs> have a whammy bar <laughs> so many people ask if my bass is a whammy bar that that's a step up a throat having a whammy bar <laughs> Celine Dion's throat has a whammy bar confirmed <laughs> so I'm saying at number 28 will you be there by Michael Jackson is that a fine place for it I think Michael Jackson just 
vocal wise and performance wise is just a much better artist and uh nickelback being at number 28 doesn't do me any disservice i'm fine with that putting nickelback over michael jackson just doesn't sit well with me (laughs) that's fair 27 we have either i have the tiger city of stars sucker for pain nine to five will you be there miss misery or when you believe i don't know personally i think a couple of bangers kind of snuck their way into the kill category being i have the tiger and nine to five yeah i agree city of stars i don't know how you guys feel about the artists and sucker for pain but i feel like that should really be next yeah yeah it should sucker for pain from suicide squads at number 27 good call Josh. julia what's your thoughts on suicide squad i've not seen it good now at 26 we've got city of stars eye of the tiger nine to five miss misery when you believe or will you be there will you be there <laughs> please yeah i think it might be time to to put will you be there it's in the bottom five <laughs> but you can kind of tell it's a soundtrack song you know, it would be on one of his albums, like, on its own. Oh, thank God. Yes, I agree. And it's weird. I'm a big defender of uh, his later work, because I really like the Unbreakable album, but this song is nothing like that album. No, not at all. You put that on, like, you could have had someone else sing it, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. That's true, yeah. It doesn't really utilize Michael Jackson for his talents at all. Exactly. It was just like, uh, we can afford him. <laughs> We've got money left over in the budget. Uh, we need a we need a save here. <laughs> I love how out of all like movie like soundtracks Michael Jackson could have done because Prince is out here doing like Batman and Michael Michael Jackson's like Free Willy. Well, no, let's not let's not forget about Purple Rain, which is in the playlist. <laughs> you know, he kind of uh, co-wrote the movie with an album. Like that's so impressive. Yeah, Michael Jackson's out here sipping hard. I mean, he, he kind of reinvented the music video, but. Prince reinvented the music movie. I want to go with either Miss Misery or When You Believe Here because they're both just forgettable songs outside of the context of their movie. Yeah, I'm thinking Miss Miss Misery. Yeah, I, I mean, I know where it plays in the movie. It plays when Matt Damon breaks up with his girlfriend who he just met. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the most melancholic song ever. And I literally remember a shot of rain falling on a window when the song starts playing. That whole arc with him and the girlfriend's one of the more weaker parts of the movie, too. The only part of that that's redeemed is when he decides to, like, hop in a car and go out west to see her. It's the only part of that arc that works. Didn't he just, like, meet her at a bar and just start spitting, like, facts and she was attracted to him? (laughs) Wow, you've got big brain. (laughs) <laughs> he's he's mega mine <laughs> it sounds like he gets in a car let's just go man let's just go and then meets with this girl and starts <laughs> just stating like what i'm picturing is reciting like encyclopedic facts yeah the problem with goodwill hunting is it doesn't hold up anymore because any guy can go to the bar and just like go on wikipedia memorize 10 cool facts and then go up and talk to a girl but he's supposed to have like a photographic memory or something and just reads books all the time and now it's not impressive imagine being in a bar in boston after goodwill hunting came out oh man i guarantee you everyone was saying how do you like damn apples (laughs) the bottom four left are city of stars eye of the tiger nine to five and when you believe i'm sorry again mariah carey stands whitney houston Mariah Carey, When You Believe, the fact that these two mega divas are on the song, and it's in a movie I really like, and I forgot who it was even by, where it was, what movie it's from, is just a testament to how forgettable of a song it is. I am. Number 24, When You Believe. These are the songs that were killed that I think are actually okay. I Have the Tiger, City of Stars, and 9 to 5. I agree. I don't like that 9 to 5 is here, but here we are. What? Nine to five is awful. I think nine to five should be next, to be honest. I agree. Yeah, I think it's like I do I do get that. It's it's like annoying and it's peppy. I don't know. I don't like peppy songs like that. And it definitely sounds like some sort of musical, but this is very tough because music is very subjective, but I feel like I would really rather listen to City of Stars and Eye of the Tiger way before I'll listen to Nine to Five again. Exactly. It's like the context for 9 to 5 is like, yeah, in a movie, it's like, yeah, there you go. She's getting ready, whatever. But like, 
outside of that, I just, I couldn't. I don't know. If I'm at a karaoke bar and the three songs I have to choose from are City of Stars, Eye of the Tiger, or 9 to 5, I'm probably going to go for 9 to 5. I can't sing, so I'm probably choosing City of Stars because Ryan Gosling also can't sing. <laughs> Wait, but who are you singing it with? Oh, that hit me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a solo version, Nate, in the beginning of the movie, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, nine to five, number 23. Are you happy now, Andrew? I'm way happier now. All right, Eye of the Tiger versus City of Stars. Both bangers in my eyes. I mean, we're talking about movie soundtracks, and I think Eye of the Tiger is a very famous song, but... I don't like it. I think there's a lot of people that know Eye of the Tiger without any context of Rocky. While, like, if you know City of Stars, you know where it's from. You know it's from La La Land. You know, it's a pivotal part of the movie. I I just don't get that with Eye of the Tiger. I didn't watch Rocky for a really, really long time after the, like the first time I heard Eye of the Tiger. So the way I have to look at it, like, because I actually haven't seen a lot of these movies. I'm just more like on the music side is which one would I rather like if I had to sit alone and listen to it, I would choose City of Stars because I thought it was kind of refreshing that it was somber and moody and not like peppy or adrenaline or like you know and so it had some intriguing instrumentals a diverse chord progression that wasn't just like a four chord you know ballad um and it was all right but eye of the tiger is just so i mean now it's overplayed but i also couldn't see myself just popping on some headphones and just like listening to that unless i'm you know, it's always like some dude going for a run or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I usually turn off Eye of the Tiger after the first chorus, if I'm being honest. I never have it on. Yes, yeah, same. Exactly. It sounds like the general consensus here is City of Stars over Eye of the Tiger. And I agree. I like jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why B-Movie is number one on our future DreamWorks ranking. <laughs> So, Julia, I'm a big fan of your music, and I have been since seventh grade. I remember you and your brother, Wes, were going around to the different classrooms in uh, seventh grade, the hallway. I was in science class. I think Miss Foster was my teacher. Yeah. She was playing your music while we were all doing, like, the homework assignment for that night. Oh, my God. And I was like, wow, this is, like, really good really well produced and that was back when you guys were pet crow <laughs> jazzy blues kind of album starting a family band at that age at the time i mean it was a lot of fun it's definitely not like where we are musically it was just kind of a starting point of like pretty much looking at influences and being like yep that's what we're gonna do but the family aspect i would say is great because you know my brother like we're still doing it today. So even though many people have swapped out and, you know, genres changed, Wesley and I are still like, you know, a team going forward. And we have very, very similar tastes. So it makes it easy. That's great. And now with the fifth house, I'm in love with the music that you're putting out. It's honestly incredible. I thought Sing Together was one of the greatest singles that like, I listened to all summer last year, like, hands down. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> I really do. What are, like, your guys' biggest inspirations moving forward now with Fifth House? Because it, it, to me, it doesn't sound like the early stuff that I remember you guys doing with, like, that kind of bluesy or hard rock sound. It's almost more, I don't want to say radio-friendly, because I know that's not your guys' shtick, but it's definitely a lot more, you know, there's multiple choruses. It's a lot more, I want to say, like, upbeat and lyrical. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, I agree with you. I know what you mean. Like, we don't shoot for just like, all right, let's get some hits. But, you know, we're like actually channeling more than just looking directly at influences. You know, when we're kids, we go like, oh, yeah, Led Zeppelin equals hard rock. And if we want to be hard rock, we do a song that sounds like Led Zeppelin. You know, like, <laughs> Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> and I'm glad you said it. I think Greta Van Fleet is super overrated. That's a whole, t that's a whole topic that we can discuss at a different time. <laughs> but yeah, so like, we're just trying to not be like carbon copies of anything that we hear, but more like, you know, taken in every little bit. So instead of like labeling ourselves like we are bluesy rock, it's now the umbrella that, you know, like I was saying, rock and roll takes a lot of different forms and whatever we're feeling like serves the song it goes in the song sweet and you guys did your first music video i believe this spring i thought it was a lot of fun 
Uh, what was it like doing a music video? It was, well, it was a lot of fun. Um, especially because this was a very, um, I don't know, it was our diss track, if you will. It's like uh, the most creative way we can actually illustrate a song and have fun with it. Um, I don't know, without being too obvious, like here's exactly the plot, but it was a lot of fun. And the people that showed up for... I won't spoil too much, I guess. Go watch it. But, um, like, the end scene, we didn't have to tell them, like, twice to really do it. Um, they just went along and did everything uh, with enthusiasm. It was great. It was a lot of fun. And since then, you've started uploading to your YouTube channel. You kind of spun off and started doing your own uh, kind of, like, I, I want to say almost like a question and answer kind of vlog. In a way. Um I kind of, I do want to branch from it a little bit because I don't want just everything to be like technical music industry stuff, but things that kind of irk me are like the things that people don't know and how they think, you know, people coming up like, you need a record label or, you know, why aren't you on the radio? Like I gotta, I feel like I gotta answer some questions for the people that aren't in music or people getting into music because the music industry has very, uh... It's very black and white sometimes when you're just looking at it and you're not in it. So people think one thing, don't understand, you know, the actual inner workings of it all. So I'm trying to kind of expose like my life as a musician, if that makes sense. It does. And if people want to listen to your music, where is the best way for them to do that and kind of, um, you know, help you guys out as musicians? Is Bandcamp the best place? Is that where you get the most direct profit from? Direct profit, yeah. But honestly, I, whatever works, it's on every platform. So it's on like Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Amazon, Google, all that stuff. But uh, profit, yeah, I would say Bandcamp or coming to a show, but that's not happening with COVID anytime yeah, soon. Right. I was about to say, speaking of which, where were you at for your summer plans pre-COVID? God, we filled up months that didn't typically used to be busy. So we were supposed to actually have a mini tour that continued in May. Um, and we had a whole bunch of shows visiting all around Ohio in April. And then summer, we had a lot of festivals, and there's still a few clinging on for the fall. We don't know where they stand yet. So we were going to do our festivals in the summer, and don't know where that's going. <laughs> it's interesting to me because a lot of, like, bigger music artists are, like, boasting that they're, you know, putting songs out in quarantine or, like, they're recording in their, like, house studio. Mm -hmm. I, I know that there's a big meme going on with Billie Eilish not too long ago that she wrote and produced a whole song in quarantine. And I'm like, that's kind of counterintuitive because three years ago she was making her room with her brother anyway, you know? Exactly. Where do you think that the uh, future of music's heading through this, like, pandemic? I things. think it only furthers what's already been happening and it's hard to accept this believe me like as someone that wants so badly to build up the following by doing shows I think it's still only furthering the fact that we need to like uh, use more digital resources and acknowledge them better because there are things like Spotify musicians are underpaid because it's oh well their touring profits and their merch profits are you know the best thing for them it's like no you know what this is changing again and even even like further, you know, pointing out that uh, digital sources are very much, you know, our livelihood. So I think it's only going to be more digital from here. And hopefully, you know, some of that streaming royalty rate gets increased. As somebody that's really into rock, what's usually a reaction when somebody tells you that rock is dead? Oh, my gosh. So it's... <laughs> I disagree. Yeah, I do too. I think that's another thing I wanted to talk about, like with the channel and everything too, is like the misconceptions about, oh, music these days sucks. If you're a rock person, you hear that a lot mm -hmm. because they don't understand that things aren't just about what's on the radio anymore. It's like our generation is not radio based. It is all Spotify, search it out yourself, Bandcamp. And I think rock has just moved underground, but it's definitely out there but you can't expect to find it the way it was, you know, when it blossomed. So it's evolved and it's hidden, but it's definitely not gone. You just got to actually hunt it out because the radio is not going to be it. That is all owned by this one guy in Arizona playing the same 500 songs on a playlist. So you're not going to find underground good raw rock there. And it's weird when you talk to those guys, their vivid memories of them finding those rock songs are not usually on the radio. It's usually them buying the records and listening to them in their basements. 
Exactly. Or going to a show and my friend handed me a tape. Like, yeah, dude, <laughs> that's how it still is. <laughs> Maybe not a tape, but a download card. If Miss Foster never handed me your guys' demo CD, I, I probably never would have been a Pet Crow fan. Aww. <laughs> I think that that, um, you know, person-to-person way of sharing music is great. I'm going to try to do that. The Fifth House and uh, Maya Bellum's music in the description below. So be sure to check out these music artists because... Even in these times of COVID-19 and no performances, they're still working hard, putting out music, and being just great artists in general. So check them out and share with your friends. I appreciate it. Appreciate. We're, we're now making the middle 10. Uh, to me, the F row, the category is all about guilty pleasures. And boy, are there a lot of guilty pleasures in this area. So we've got Mrs. Robinson, Hero, A View to A, View to a Kill, Men in Black, Colors of the Wind, Ordinary, The Heat is On, Flashdance, What a Feeling, Superfly, and Land of a Million Drums, all in the middle 10 here. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. You remember half of what you said. Gotta say, don't kill Miss Robinson. Yeah, I was about to say that too. I think one thing we've got to consider here is there's a few songs that are unironically very good. And I think Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel is one that probably should have been married. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who fucked Mrs. Robinson? Oh, Alden did. I did. I'm not abandoning track. Yeah, you had a tough round. I really don't want to say Land of a Million Drums, but... Hang on. Ordinary by Train from, from Spider-Man 2 needs to be <laughs> below that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't even remember that song. <laughs> I don't either. To be honest, it's not one of the... It's not one of the worst Train songs I've heard. It's not like some of Train's uh, newest stuff. And while we're on the topic of Spider-Man songs, I also think Hero could probably be pretty low too from spider-man one no where's <laughs> the top whoa give us your defense for hero just so nostalgic i do remember the music video on the spider-man dvd exactly remember that more than the movie itself that's <laughs> that's interesting hottest take of the day what do you think should go at number 19 mrs robinson the heat is on a view to a kill flash dance men in black superfly Colors of the Wind or Land of a Million Drums? Um, either Land of a Million Drums or the the Mulan one. Colors of the Wind. Is that the Mulan one? Colors of the Wind. I'm Pocahontas. I've never seen uh, Pocahontas. I was thinking that song also. It just sounds. It sounds like Circle of Life or Reflection or or all. Is they all just sound the same to me? Of course, the audience hasn't seen our Spotify playlist, but I think out of all the Disney original songs we put on that playlist, this is the worst one. Wow, really? You guys are hating on Colors of the Wind that heavy? It's just kind of forgettable. Yeah. If that's the general consensus, I can't argue. Colors of the Wind is going at number 19. Moving forward, let's see, we're at number... feel like Hero isn't going too much higher, but songs that I could see below it realistically would probably be like Land of a Million Drums, maybe Men in Black, maybe Superfly. Oh man, I think Men in Black is below Superfly. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, but I also think Land of a Million Drums should be below Men in Black. So I feel like outside of Fresh Prince, Men in Black is probably Will Smith's most iconic song. What about Summertime, man? Summertime's a banger, but like Men in Black as a song is like a big progression in the career of Will Smith when he went from a TV star to a blockbuster actor. So he went from like rapper to TV star and rapper to then blockbuster star and rapper is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And now he's a blockbuster star and rapper and Academy Award nominee and YouTuber. Is he still a rapper? And he was on the Aladdin soundtrack and tried to rap his way through that one song. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> he's not on like the next Travis Scott album, but <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine the Kendrick Lamar feature on the next Will Smith project? A summertime remix with Kendrick Lamar does sound pretty hype though. <laughs> summertime parentheses drank. I'm gonna be real here. If we're going with Land of a Million Drums next, I feel like it's in the same kind of camp as Hero if it's just like the nostalgia pick. And to me, I'm way more nostalgic Scooby-Doo than I am Spider-Man 1. I'm sorry if that's a hot take. Yes. Well, your parents didn't let you watch Spider-Man. It's not your fault. <laughs> I'm more nostalgic about Scooby-Doo, too. I literally just watched it like three times this week. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Alden, Josh, Andrew, you guys need to vote here. A hero or Land of a Million Drums? You know where I lie. Land of a Million Drums is a better song than Hero. I agree with Josh. All right, so Hero, I'm sorry, Andrew. Please don't hate me. Is at number 18, right above Colors of the Wind. <laughs> uh, what else is left on the fuck list? Superfly, Men in Black, A View to a Kill, Flashdance, The Heat is On, and Mrs. Robinson. You're all gonna hate me for this. Uh, Men in Black is a pretty bad song. I do, I do agree. I'm fine with Men in Black going here, to be honest. All right, which one's better, Josh? Men in Black or Wild Wild West as a song? As a song? Probably Wild Wild West. Good, I feel the same way. <laughs> Wild Wild West actually, like, really slaps for no reason. For number 15, Superfly, A View to a Kill, Flashdance, The Heat is On, and Mrs. Robinson. So for me, I think A View to a Kill is the weakest link of those three. I agree. I'm so glad that I can say the same thing because I just never liked View to a Kill that much. It was like good production and then there was like, eh, and then the lyrics and then the chorus was all right. And it finally like became a song, but eh. it's kind of every James Bond song, to be honest. <laughs> it's kind of every Duran Duran song, to be honest. Yes, it's like weak, weak, weak. Oh, the chorus that's slightly memorable because I think I don't like it. And then it's like <laughs> the rest is like a verse that I don't remember. It follows the Duran Duran Hungry Like a Wolf template to a T. I don't remember the verses for that song either. <laughs> the heat is on Flashdance Superfly Mrs. Robinson. I feel like Superfly is one of the most 70 songs on this list. Mrs. Robinson's one of the most 60 songs on this list. And we've still got two really 80s representatives here in Flashdance and The Heat Is On. I know it's a weird way to go about it, but I feel like we need a diverse panel of music going into the top 15. Mrs. Robinson was so good that it was, it was in both The Graduate and in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That song is in so many movies. <laughs> I think, to me, personally, it's between The Heat Is On and Flashdance, and I think I'm probably the biggest fan of both of these songs. I'd say Flashdance is better. Yeah, objectively it is. My personal tastes favor more of Heat Is On, but I think Heat Is On needs to needs to go right here at number 14. You that was your uh, That was your college record. I listened to that song on vinyl so many times. What? I personally don't think Superfly is great i'm like happy that it wasn't just another like 80s banger sorry i was like hey it's kind of motown-ish which out of all the motown songs you could pick it's definitely not in the top like 50 but it's it has that vibe it's not motown but yeah yeah it's funky it's funky enough to be number 13 on this list <laughs> yeah we've got Flashdance and mrs robinson it sounds like it's Flashdance at number 12 and Mrs. Robinson at number 11. Does everyone agree? Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Here are the top 10 Marys, the top 10 best original songs from major motion pictures. Fight the Power, If I Didn't Have You from Monsters, Inc., Danger Zone, Don't Want to Miss a Thing, When She Loved Me, The Power of Love, You'll Be in My Heart, The Time of My Life, over the rainbow and accidentally in love. I'm sorry, Alden, but I think accidentally in love should go here. <laughs> I disagree. No, I disagree. I genuinely think it's a good song. Yeah, same. I think it's a good song too. It's in the top 10. If I didn't have you as a cute closing credits song, and I think it's nice that John Goodman and Billy Crystal have a cool little jazz duet, but I'm kind of with Julia in the camp of If I Didn't Have You as a kind of forgettable Disney Pixar song. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so I grew up with this song. I listened to this song a lot as a kid, actually. I know that's just me, but when you say it's the most forgettable, I'm like, I know this song word for word. If we're talking about Disney songs, how do we feel about You'll Be In My Heart? I, I was more thinking Don't Want to Miss a Thing. I could get behind that. Yeah, I think... This might be a good place for it. Anyone object to Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith at number 10 on this list? No. That sounds fair. I'm kind of feeling dirty dancing here. I Have the Time of My Life is not, like, that great of a song. Agreed. And the chorus has pretty good. The 1980s equivalent of a bass drop. 
but it's not a particularly good bass drop, you know? It's a really, from the scene alone, I'm glad it's in the top 10, but like there's there's some better songs on this list. And I don't know if this is just because we live in a post-family guy society, but I always think of when Herbert the Pervert is singing it to Chris. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, I don't like that image. I'm glad I never saw that. I'm getting nervous because if When She Loved Me is not in the top three, I'm going to cry. If Accidentally in Love isn't in the top three, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh. I... <laughs> some powerful lines in the sand here, people. I really don't want anyone to cry making this. I'll make a giant speech before I cry. Yeah, no, I, I think When She Loved Me is still safe right now. I wouldn't even say that's on the chopping block. I think... No, it's not. Oh, thank God. Thank God. I'm getting nervous. If I have to be, like, completely honest and take ever take nostalgia out, You'll Be In My Heart is probably a much better song than If I Didn't Have You. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking it's gotta be... Uh, Mike and Sully might have to go here. I could honestly see Danger Zone below it, too. Because it's kind of one of those songs like Julie was saying. It's like, oh, I remember the chorus and kind of like it. Thank you. It's very similar to like Eye of the Tiger, you know? It was my phone ringtone for a little bit. Uh, that's interesting. It's got a hook like, oh, yeah, you're going to remember Highway to Like, okay. But then there's like the lyrics were shit in the whole first half. Suddenly there's guitar shredding. And then it's like not of substance really to me. There's an unnecessary bridge jammed in there, like the instrumental I don't know, and it sounds table-written to me, like, not something genuine, like, I mean, it's just kind of, like, formulated. Yes, but that's exactly how I feel about Top Gun as a movie, so it's almost that's perfect. perfect. <laughs> there we go. Man, what a time to be alive, I guess. Thanks, Trolls World Tour. <laughs> Fight the power. If I didn't have you, you'll be in my heart. Power of love over the rainbow, accidentally in love, and when she loved me. Why are all good movie soundtracks, like, songs about love? Yeah, I was just thinking that. If I didn't have you, it's about friendship, mate. When She Loved Me's Broken Heart, you know. Yeah, it's a breakup song. It's I would fight say the Fight power. the Power, too, because almost it's almost obnoxiously used in the movie. Like, it plays, like, 18 times in a two-hour-long movie. I think the use of the song in the movie is very good, but it does get overused at times. And it's another one of those songs where it, Beyond the chorus, it is pretty weak. Yeah. The chorus, and beyond that, it's pretty weak. Accidentally in love? I'm thinking. No. No. I know the the other songs in Shrek 2 aren't original songs for the soundtrack, but Alden, you brought up in one of the other videos that I Need a Hero is one of the greatest covers of all time. Yeah, Holding Out for a Hero is literally the best song, period. So that's why I don't think Accidentally in, in Love belongs in the top five, because it's not even the best song of the movie. Uh, Yes, but it's the best original song in the movie. It's so good that not even all of it is on streaming. You have to still buy the album to listen to some of the songs. You're right, actually. Really? Yeah, you can't even listen to uh, Holding Out for a Hero. Mm -mm. You have to buy the album to listen to that. And I know I have it on CD somewhere because it came with my dvd of the movie that's just funny to me because there's someone out there right now saying they're like they're just a band like in their basement like yeah man we're so good like we don't need to be on spotify it's like <laughs> we're holding up for a hero by fairy godmother good <laughs> <laughs> yeah just because i think holding up for a hero sung by fairy godmother is better than accidentally in love does not make accidentally in love worse than the other songs up here right and that's that's fair and all i just i i honestly can't see if i didn't have you making it into the top five personally i get the nostalgia and i mean i love monsters inc but like neither billy crystal or john goodman can really sing they're just talking over a Randy Newman jazz track. Yeah, I don't remember this at all. It's That's kind of the charm of it. I don't know. I enjoy it. That it's not a song. I'm fine with it being right here, to be honest. Randy Newman does, like, everything Pixar. That's really upsetting that I don't remember it, and it sounds like just people talking over a jazz track. It's good talking over a jazz track. It's a really funny comedy song to me. But anyway, we're moving on to the top five here. The five best original songs in major motion pictures, according to our list, is When She Loved Me, Accidentally in Love, Over the Rainbow, You'll Be in My Heart, and Power of Love. Three of these five sound like potential number ones to me, 
and two of them yeah. don't. I'm thinking over the rainbows next on the chopping block. I was thinking that's a very good contender for number one on this list, Josh. What? What? When people think of songs in movies, that's probably one of the first ones that come to mind. It's one of the most covered songs ever. Yeah. Such an iconic movie. The Wizard of Oz is probably one of the most iconic movies, period. And the fact that that song is more it iconic than the movie itself just carries a lot of weight for me but i love back to the future <laughs> power of love is another one of those that i see as a number one contender well we'll get there when we get there i'm getting nervous accidentally in love and you'll be my heart are clown picks for the best song <laughs> thank god excellent accidentally in love is better than be my heart by phil collins and glenn close is a perfect Perfect, perfectly fine number five. Kind of forgot it was even there. So did Phil Collins. He didn't even try on the track. Yikes. Like, let's be real here. Son of Man, Two Worlds, One Family. There's way better bangers on the Tarzan soundtrack that are all original. Never seen Tarzan. I know you said this earlier, but I'm still, like, dumbfounded by that. I've seen, like, none of the Disney movies. Andrew's parents actually love him all. They never sent him to a daycare. Oh, that's fair. He was rich. Roger that. What? Yeah, stay-at-home parent or a nanny. I feel like you got that backwards. Yeah, my parents aren't rich, but I never went to no freaking smelly-ass daycare. If you have no parents at home to watch you, where are you going? Where are you, Ben? <laughs> Do you remember Kroger having a little daycare? No. Yeah, Byro the Dragon on, like... That's lit. That was so nostalgic. I know Giant Eagle used to have one. I've never been to a grocery store with a daycare. It was Giant Eagle, I think. I went to a Kroger daycare. I swear there was like, like we didn't, it was only when your parents are shopping kind of daycare. Yeah, like the Ikea daycare. Ikea has a daycare. I've never been to Ikea. They do. Since we're talking, since Shrek is on the subject, why did every furniture store had Shrek on in the 2000s? Because it was the best movie out of the 2000s. Well, while we're talking about Shrek, I think Accidentally in Love is a perfectly fine number four. We're talking about When She Loved Me Over the Rainbow, Rainbow and Power of Love here. Accidentally like, in Love is my favorite out of these. I forgot you don't like Back to the Future. Accidentally in Love number four. Is that all right? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. So the top three here, When She Loved Me, Over the Rainbow, and Power of Love. Oh, no. I'm so nervous. <laughs> all right. Over the Rainbow? I'm really glad I made it this far because, like we were saying, it's iconic. It's one of the most covered songs well written stands on its own it's nothing about production value it's simply a song so there's that but what i rather listen to it's definitely not over the rainbow because i've heard it so many damn times yeah 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 if jory was here he'd call me a boomer for getting over the rainbow this far and still defending it that's okay it's contributed a lot <laughs> in theme of the show i think over the rainbow has to go here original songs in major motion pictures are when she loved me up against the power of love i'm about to fight can it be heated nate <laughs> i'm probably the biggest stan of power of love here but you're also the biggest toy story stan here i'm a big toy story stan here too i know julia likes the toy story movies about as much as i do if not more it's literally my favorite movie ever. Toy Story is number one forever for me. Like, oh my gosh. Ironically, Party Man just accidentally started playing on my phone the actual number one. <laughs> oh, man. If you really think Party Man from a, from a Batman 89 movie wouldn't be a fuck, then I don't know what's wrong with you. So, they're both excellent songs, if you ask me. But Power of Love has a solid production and arrangement that even though it is very 80s, it is also timeless. Opening introduction to the world kind of song too, right? Because it's like the opening credits of the movie. Mm -hmm. If you think of When She Loved Me, it's incredibly unique in its arrangement. It's Randy Newman, one of the greatest songwriters of all time, not really relying on production here. He used Sarah McLaughlin, which I don't even listen to, and I love it. Like, I don't listen to her ever. But for this song, she will make you cry. Like, you can put that into, like, a motorcycle gang and they're going to start weeping. Like, probably not. But, like, you know what I mean? That's a very strong, like, good weepy song. It's not Celine Dion. It's amazing and beautiful, somber, moody song. I love When She Loved Me. 
and that's going to be my number one, but y'all can fight if you want. <laughs> I will say the fact that it is a moody song kind of hurts it for me. I, I get in the context of the movie, that's like the emotional, that's one of the emotional like low points of the movie sequence that that song tells like Jesse's origin story. It's like a side chapter of this larger story. Almost feels like they're trying too hard as a, as a movie in incorporating it, you know? Okay, if that scene wasn't there, is the movie worse? Good point. Power of Love is they start the movie on that song because they're like, okay, this is the tone we're going for. It's cheesy. It's very 80s. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, the problem is like, I go about it all musician-y and also I happen to love sad sad weepy stuff like good sad weepy stuff and i'm picky about it so that's just one of my favorites but honestly i'm gonna try to help you out with when she loved me hey we're talking about the movies and that's kind of been like my thing where i'm comparing like the scenes with the movies power of love is a great introduction but when she loved me i think that song is very impactful for the scene and story it's trying to show it kind of feels like a short a short film yeah. inside the movie. You were able to get an entire arc of a character without any dialogue in a film. And I think that's always very impressive. You kind of get Marty McFly with the skateboard by the truck. And like, I don't want to sound like a hater on Power of the Love. I think Power of Love is great, but you could put any kind of 80s banger with that and you're still going to get what Marty McFly is all about. Power of Love, like you said, is interchangeable with a lot of 80s bops. It's literally, if you look at chord progressions, one to four, for the most part. But When She Loved Me is intricate and beautiful. They took their time and very well written for its mood. So it is it is less versatile, but I think it's iconic in somber, sad weepy things because it's so damn good it's what is is you're saying that you could put jesse's girl under the opening to back to the future and it would work just as well <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know about jesse's girl but i mean you could <laughs> i'm just gonna go with it I'm gonna, I'm gonna play jesse's girl in that scene and see how it works <laughs> <laughs> you get what marty mcfly is with his mannerisms and his clothes more than power of love. Like, I don't, I don't think power of love describes the character of Marty McFly at all. I obviously want power of love. I listen to it just regularly. It's more iconic to like the masses. I've only seen toy story two, like maybe twice ever. It's just, I don't, I forgot that was in the movie. Oh my gosh. <gasps> power of love. I'm just like, it, it's the first thing I think of pretty much. Lewis is in the movie. <laughs> oh my God. He is, isn't he? As bonus points. Yes. Does that make the song better? <laughs> yes, it does. It sounds like a two to two, and Walden is the tiebreaker. Uh, well, Toy Story two. Toy Story gets redeemed. I'm so happy. <laughs> it's the Toy Story Redemption episode, and I'm fighting against it. <laughs> <laughs> you either die a hero or live long long enough to see yourself become the villain. The top thirty best. Original songs from major motion pictures. At number 30, we've got Zippity Doodah. Number 29, My Heart Will Go On. Number 28, Learn the Hard Way. Number 27, Sucker, Sucker for Pain. Number 26, Will You Be There? Number 25, Miss Misery. Number 24, When You Believe. Number 23, Nine to Five. Number 22, Eye of the Tiger. Number 21, City of Stars. Number 20, Ordinary. Number 19, Colors of the Wind. Number 18, Hero. Number 17, Land of a Million Drums. Number 16, Men in Black. Number 15, A View to a Kill. Number 14, The Heat is On. Number 13, Superfly. Number 12, What a Feeling, Flashdance. Number 11, Mrs. Robinson. Number 10, Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Number 9, The Time of My Life. Number 8, Danger Zone. Number 7, Fight the Power. Number 6, If I Didn't Have You. Number 5, You'll Be in My Heart. Number 4, Accidentally in Love. Number 3, Over the Rainbow. Number 2, 
Power of Love, and the greatest original song in a major motion picture is When She Loved Me. Call me Ryan Johnson. My expectations were subverted. Hey, I just realized you didn't have pure imagination on the list. Really, because I looked and I didn't see it there. That's a shame if it's not in there. Yeah, it, I don't think Wild Wild West ever was added either. Dang, I folded heavy. So what you're telling me is I let down Willy Wonka two episodes in a row? <laughs> Uh-oh, it's all right. Toy Story got had a redemption arc in our show. I cry happy tears. Alrighty, well, thank you everyone for watching this YouTube video or listening to this podcast. Also, special thanks to our special guests, Julia Crow from The Fifth House and also Andrew Chope from Maya Bellum. Definitely check out their YouTube videos. The links are, or their YouTube channels, rather. Links are in the description, as well as their music. Thanks for, for having us. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I had a lot of fun, and I hope we can uh, have you guys on again some other time. You're both great guests. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Duel of the Takes podcast. Next week's topic of discussion will be a bracket-style challenge, where we will be trying to determine the best PlayStation-exclusive video game. If you want to check out our YouTube video on today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Nathaniel R. Martin. And as always, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.